What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Off the Dome Radio. We have a fun one for you today. Uh, we sit down with Jose Azabuya, who is the founder and CEO of Nova Life Nutriments. And they are a company that helps other companies and influencers launch products into the marketplace. So Nova Life, they act as a trusted logistics partner. His company helps create the next generation of brands. And they also have a direct-to-consumer segment, which consists of a clean plant-based protein, no added sugar, none none of the garbage. So they're doing it right. Gluten-free as well. Gluten-free as well. Thank you. Thank you. That's big now. Um, So in the episode... Jose discusses how he launched his business, started while he was in college, has scaled the company, and successfully obtained uh, funding. So right off the bat, he goes into his background, uh, talks to us about how he got to where he is today. He's got a fun story on how he got there. Um, Talks about how he met Tim as well. So that's a, a fun little background story. And then describes the mission of his business and how it all started, especially while handling school at the same time. Then he reflects on his first product that his business ever sold. Uh, what he learned in operating a business and how his company kind of serves in logistics. That's a very, um, you know, more complicated area and industry logistics, a lot of moving parts with that, but they have been able to successfully navigate that uh, to help out their clients. Then he goes pretty heavy into the benefits of TikTok, very bullish on TikTok, something I've been neglecting. Now I'm getting uh, more into just because of Jose And he talks about how brands can leverage it into building a community uh, and actually a fully uh, fully sustainable business and increased uh, business as well. So Tim, I know you kind of set this one up for us. Appreciate that. What'd you think of our conversation with Jose? Yeah, I absolutely love this conversation. Uh, Jose is just a, he's a strategic business leader. He he knows what he's doing. Like when, when he wants something, he goes and gets it. Um, it's interesting when we first met, like we were both working for someone else. We were both working for J and J. We were doing our mm-hmm. co-ops. And I just remember when I first met him, like I could just tell he was different. He was different from most of the people I'd met there. And, um, he's hungry. Yeah, he's hungry. And yeah, I, I'm glad that we were able to connect again and now we're running our own businesses and now we were able to have this awesome conversation. So, um, we talked to him about like the process of getting funding for a company, like interacting with investors, how to build relationships with them. Um, the biggest thing he learned from that. Um, and then we also asked him like the key qualities that he looks for in a business partner. Cause mm-hmm. he's partnering with investors. He's built a team. He's brought, um, people on his team. And he, he talks about like the different types of leaders there are and the different types of people that you want in your corner and in your business. And I thought that was an interesting section there. Um, then we ask him about like the sustainability of influencer marketing and where the future of it's heading and, um, how TikTok goes into this and the, the importance of building a community, the importance of knowing and being knowledgeable about a product or brand that you're trying to sell to someone. I just, I thought that was really valuable depending on like what you're like, what you're doing, whether you're selling yourself as a brand, whether you're selling like your services, whether you're selling your company as a salesperson, like anybody can learn from this episode. I I thought it was really good. And then obviously we end the episode asking him like what he's learned about himself as a leader, um, how entrepreneurship has impacted other areas of his life and um, his company is starting a podcast as well. So Mm -hmm. um, he talks about his vision for that. And um, he's just someone who likes to provide value for people. He he has over 112,000 followers on TikTok and he, he helps people every single day. He puts content out on that platform. Mm -hmm. So um, you could just tell by talking to him, um, he, he's just a great person, great human being, and a great business leader. Just so like to create, he yeah. likes to create. So, without further ado, know you guys are gonna love this episode one eighty eight. Jose Azambuya. 
usually we like to kick things off. Maybe just give our audience a quick background, who you are, uh, kind of how we got here, and then we'll we'll get in the weeds in between. Yeah, yeah, sounds great. Um, so my name is Jose, Jose Sambuja. I am originally from Peru, but now I'm currently living in the U.S., uh, running a company called Nova Life Nutrients. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's a company where we help companies and influencers launch products into the brand, into the market, um, fully funded with an incredible team behind them, ready to create the next generation of brands. That's okay. great. And I know that was very high level. And I, know yeah. I, I, started, <laughs> I started from Peru. Um, this is just some short background. I yeah. came here, I grew up in Peru. I lived there until I was about six years old. Um, and then my parents decided to come to the U.S. That was like the thing to do. That was the fad, you know, mm-hmm. come to the U.S. At least for Peru, it was. I mean, they jumped on the bandwagon with a ton of my family. Um, but unfortunately, just about 90% of everyone ended up going back because um, the language barrier, they couldn't get, you know, get accustomed to tradition, the way that we did things here. Um, but my, my, my family stayed because we were, I mean, my sister were so young, we could adapt to it. Whereas my other cousins, they were in their teens or twenties. Mm. Um, and they just, they just couldn't get around, um, to feeling comfortable with the culture. Um, so they ended up going back, but my one, uh, cousin, his family also stayed because they, they were just about as young as, as we were, which was great. Mm. Um, so I always had, they, they were the only family I ever had here, um, then I went to school for a year in Pennsylvania. Um, then I moved to New Jersey and just went through, went through the grades. I went to technical high school. Um, and that's one of my friends was going to Drexel, a good friend of mine. And I decided to also go to Drexel University just because the engineering was great. When you're from Peru, you only have three options. Either be a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer. Everything, <laughs> else, everything else doesn't matter. Um, but luckily I liked engineering. I liked, you know, as, as a little kid, I mean, sure. I put things together, but I was into technology a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that worked out great. Um, and then actually while there, Drexel has a co-op system. Um, and during my first co-op, I, I got into J and J Ethicon. Um, and that's where I met Tim. Yes, um, surprisingly, yeah, it was cool. Um, cause you get to meet everyone who's about your age and you yeah. don't really, most schools don't have internships. Um, or co-ops like that. Um, so you don't get to experience that. But I had the pleasure of meeting Tim and bonding there a little bit. And it was fun. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. And during that time, like, did you, when you were at j like, did you envision going into like a corporate working style or did you already have like entrepreneurial aspirations like while you're in school? Or, like, when did that kind of fire burn or has that always been there? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I gotta be honest. I still have a little notebook that I would jot down all of my ideas. Well, I, I must have spent fifty percent of my time at work thinking about how to start a product or start a side hustle or a business. Yeah. I still have all the notes, so I think it's always been in me. Uh-huh. Um, at least because I would. I mean, I spent a lot of time on YouTube back in those days, and the algorithm hit me with the with the Gary Vee stuff and all those things. <laughs> Uh, now, mind you, it was I was just learning, so I was I wasn't sure how to uh, filter out a lot of content uh-huh. internally. Um, but it did it did get me thinking. You know, what would it be like to have your own product? I was more of a product, not start a company. I just want to invent something. Uh-huh. Uh, so I have a little notebook where I would spend a lot of my time just just coming up with ideas. Um, I actually forget what some of them were. They 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 were so silly because um, <laughs> you don't know what's possible in the beginning. Right, right. Um, Hit us with and one. Then, 
What's what's that, one of your uh, hit us with one of your ideas? What's something that I think I was into meal prepping at the time a lot. So I mm. wanted and I, I didn't always have access to a microwave. So I okay. wanted like a self-heating Tupperware. Oh, like a portable <laughs> self-heating Tupperware. That's not bad. And I that's good. It's, it's not bad. Um, but you can't have something that creates enough heat to heat food and have it be compact. It's very gotcha. difficult. Um, I, I looked up this one company that had done something similar. It wasn't electronic, but rather it had a, comp- it had a self-heating bag. Hmm. I forget what the technology that they were using, yeah. but you could have boil water underneath the Tupperware to try and heat the food. Like it's, it's mainly hmm. for going camping yeah. um, or yeah. around in the woods and stuff like that. And then um, I I threw that idea in the trash. I was like, hey. <laughs> no, that's that's good though, because sometimes like that's the thing with ideas. Like you can write them down, and like at the present moment, they might seem like out there, like not a good idea. But if you like maybe give it some time and come back with like a fresh mind, you can always like amend the idea or like make it better. Mm-hmm. And do you yeah, ever go? Do you ever go back to the notebook and revisit it and like add any notes on anything? I'm sure you're all you in know, on what I you're do- doing right now, but. <laughs> No, I, I just found that it was like sitting up. Uh, I just cleaned out basically this uh-huh. one closet that I had here in my home um, mm-hmm. with just a bunch of stuff that I had from school. Um, and that's where I found the notebook and I was looking through it. And I, I think it's, I did go back and I, I mean, I, I, I laughed at a couple of things, but it's so, I think it's so nice to see how much your thinking has changed uh-huh. from you know, only five years ago yeah. um, to now okay yeah, awesome yeah, yeah. yeah you know because if, if i'm still thinking the same way and and i do this now i have to see the world differently mm-hmm. um maybe not a complete 180 but you know develop more insights as i go on throughout the years so it was nice to see that it was cool mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then of course i got i got had a second co-op a third co-op those weren't as exciting they were at bibron and hikma um and then uh, of course graduating 2019 right before the pandemic uh, which was mm-hmm. great okay. Yeah, you timed that well. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I, I remember like it was yesterday, man. Those that final week at school, and I'm sure Tim, you probably felt the same way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when you're like, you, you, you know, you're not gonna see your friends anymore. But at the time, I was very busy because mm-hmm. I had a goal to have my company be cash flow positive by the time I graduated. Okay, because I didn't. You were already on it by then. Yeah. All right. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't apply for a single job, like wow. I, which was probably the hardest, the dumbest thing I could have done, because um, I would see my friends getting 100k offers. So my one buddy got a hundred twenty thousand dollar offer at a school. Other people were doing eighty, you know, ninety, mm-hmm. um, and here I am not applying. So that was a little <laughs> tough. That yeah, was a tough sure. pill to swallow, because um, I because I wasn't making any money, you know, yeah. when they were getting the offers. Um, but but I did hit my goal. I was making I was making cash. I was just under cash flow, being under cash flow positive by the time I graduated. Okay, okay. my expenses were very little. So I mean, I had a very low goal. Um, I didn't need to make you know hundreds of thousands off the bat. Um, but I was able to do it to just just barely survive. Yeah. That's great. And we'll talk more about how you evolved the business into what it is now. But initially, like when you started it, what products and solutions were you offering? What what was the basis of your business uh, when you first started it? Yeah. Um, the first product we ever came up with was a caffeinated energy bar. Um, so you can imagine a cliff bar 
um, with five different sources of caffeine, um, nothing artificial. They were from uh, guayusa, from green coffee beans, um, green tea extract, so really healthy sources of caffeine because it was a product that I wanted mm-hmm. while I was in school. I didn't want to just chug Red Bulls or Monsters all the time, and I'm always snacking. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, why don't I just create caffeinated energy bar? Because um, sometimes I would just pop caffeine pills um, to stay up late to study or whatever it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not the healthiest. And I was all into in, into weightlifting and bodybuilding. Um, so I didn't want to keep doing that. And that's that's what gave birth to that product. Okay, good, good. And like, obviously, you said how you you're more like you like to create the idea behind the product. You like to create. You like to invent the product. Did you know like? anything about like running a business, like operating a business? And if not, like, how did you kind of teach yourself or yeah, like, how'd you kind of overcome that obstacle of like actually running the business, operating it? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So I, I I mean, looking at it now, I knew very little, I was Mm -hmm. completely naive. Um, I just thought, Oh, I, I always looked at it from, you have a product and you sell it. Um, I never really thought about operations, logistics, the infrastructure, fulfillment, storage, um, working with the co-packer and stuff like that. Um, they just weren't on my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the way that I went about learning it was if I needed something, I would just problem solve on the way. Um, now I prepare a heck of a lot more whenever I'm launching a new product or a new endeavor. Mm-hmm. But before it was like, oh, you know, I'll fix it when it comes up. Up until then, I'm just going to keep on going. And that, that, that wasn't strategic at all. That was just the only way I knew how to operate because I didn't sure. know what I didn't know. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and maybe for, I know we're kind of getting to the business stuff. Uh, give us a quick rundown for our audience too of, of what the business is. I know you're making kind of healthier products, uh, but maybe dive a little deeper just so everyone gets a feel for what we're talking about here. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so. We have two, there's two sides of the business. We have the direct to consumer side and then the B2B side. I'll, I'll start with the B2B side since that's a little bit more significant. Um, so we're basically just making a big bet that the next generation of brands are going to be led by influencers. We think that it's not, you're, you're no longer going to just need cash in order to make a brand successful. You're going to need to have an audience and a community to support you to launch a product. But what we're realizing is that a lot of influencers don't, they're, they're expert marketers and communicators, but they're not the most business savvy. Mm-hmm. Um, and this makes it a little bit difficult for them to lead that third generation of brands. Um, so what we do is, is we come in and we are the logistics and infrastructure partner that allows them to launch a brand into the market, specifically within the health and wellness space. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're a fitness influencer and you want to launch your own uh, plant-based pro- organic plant-based protein line, you would come to us, we, we would do the formulation, the prototype, the manufacturing, the fulfillment, the design work, and we would help you launch in sell to your consumers, but also we have a really nice distribution footprint mm-hmm. that allows to put your product strategically into stores, wherever the highest concentration of followers that you have or anywhere else. And we do this for no upfront cost. We eat wow. the cost of launching a brand um, and then we work on a percentage basis. Because typically you have so many uh, supply chain levels, everyone's trying to maximize their gain. And at the end, launching your own brand could cost you from 50 to 100,000. It takes you a year and a half. Um, and you don't necessarily have the most amount of margin at the end. You're left mm-hmm. with like 10 to 15% margin um, with a lot of risk. So we came in and we say, listen, there's no need to stress about the money. We'll cover that. 
um, will do will launch a brand in three months or less. And at the end, you're left with 25 to 35% margin versus the typical 10 to 15. Mm-hmm. Um, that way it gives them all the leeway to just market the product and expand the brand, which is what they're best at. We don't want them, we want them to understand the business, but we don't want them to necessarily have to worry about the everyday logistics of that. Sure. Wow. That's, yeah, that's kind of intricate. How did, how did you sell that to investors of covering, eating all the cost of making it first? Yeah. So it's a harder sell. It's, it's, it's one interesting statistic. Um, it's $40 billion worth of supplements were sold last year in the US. Mm-hmm. But out of those 40, 3 billion came purely from influencer recommendations. Hmm. So they're already selling the product. They're already telling people what to buy and the sales are occurring. We're simply taking the third party product that they're recommending it and switching it with their own brand. Mm-hmm. Because the sales are already there. They already have the community. Okay. Um, we're not asking them to sell anymore. We're just swapping out the product. Got it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And the goal for an influencer is never to make content forever. I um, mean, right. they're working very hard to build up their audience um, so that they can transition into something a little bit more sustainable. Because um, if you're, if you're, if you're creating content and something happens to you, that, that revenue stream is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so that makes it very difficult um, to be able to create um, a company instead of a business. It, Within a business, you're basically running the business and easy. Your company can live without you. So we help them create companies, um, not on the content side, but rather on the product side, something that helps them exit the content world if they like, generate equity value um, within, um, within their own company. And ultimately, it just it, it becomes uh, a different revenue stream with, with no upfront cost. Yeah. Okay, good. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, I like that because I, I knew that like, people do that and people transition to that, but you don't really think about like how they got from their audience to launch their brand. And that, that's, that's a good, good thing that you're doing there. Do you guys work with people primarily on like a specific channel? Like do you focus on Instagram, TikTok, both all of the above? Like where do you kind of focus like the people who have the audience, what channels? Yeah. So, so right now TikTok is key. TikTok is absolutely key. A, a lot of the fitness influencers that be, that got really big, they, they got big when Instagram was new um, when YouTube was new, when Snapchat was new, the same thing is happening with TikTok right now. It's, I mean, it's their content. No one knows about the famous Instagram fitness influencers. I mean, the people on TikTok don't know who they are on Instagram. Um, so this opens up you know, just a blue ocean of new consumers ready to buy products from these influencers. Um, so we're trying to ease that transition. But TikTok, awesome. TikTok is here right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's we've talked about it, and I don't think I do TikTok enough. I think I'm missing yeah, out on yeah. some eyeballs on TikTok, but I'll post here and yeah, there, and I just him. don't do enough. Yeah, no, it's tough because the con the way you create content is incredibly different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was telling uh, Tim, I think that what you guys have would do really well on TikTok. I think you'd blow up, really, um, in my opinion. It's all about the hook. I um, mean, you know, what do you say within the first three seconds to get them to listen? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's all strategic. There's certain, you know, in terms of psychology, there's there's certain things that you can say, like the three things you need to eat to do this, right? Mm-hmm. Or the three best pieces of advice from a business owner. Um, five mm-hmm. ways to start a successful podcast. What I learned after 187 episodes, mm-hmm. um, and then you 
quickly okay. give them that kind of information afterwards. Um, and they get shared and the audience just goes really quickly. I'm at 112,000 followers right now on TikTok. Um, okay. And it was all based on just the hook and, and how quickly you can deliver the information. Cause a lot of the audience on TikTok, they, they don't like fluff. Uh-huh. Give me, give me, you know, I want to hear what you have to say and I want to move on. They're yeah. thankful for the information, but they don't want to waste their time. Yeah. Right. It's much, yeah, it's yeah. much more like quicker pace or fast pace and people are trying to watch as much as possible. So that, that means you got to make your content even, even better to, to kind of hook them in. And that makes sense about the, the first three seconds type of thing. So, yeah. And like, why do you think that TikTok has been much more effective? I know we've, we've discussed it on our mm-hmm. show. Like I'm sure that their algorithms and their, their deep learning and everything they do behind curating videos for people, that's a big part of it. But what I, I'm sure you've studied it. You've listened to people who have who have taught about it. Like what 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 has made it so successful for you? Um, why do you think it's a platform that is here to stay and, and here to grow? What I think is really interesting. We're just talking about it with a partner of mine as to why TikTok did so well, and I think that it had been such a long time since we saw something new. Um, you know, when Instagram was growing, we had Snapchat as a competitor, we had Twitter, YouTube was also really hot. So you had four platforms that were pulling on everyone's attention and it made it difficult for one to explode, even though they all eventually got big. Um, when TikTok came out, everybody had been there for a while, right? They had been playing the game for a while. I think consumers just internally felt that they wanted something new. Just seeing picture on Instagram wasn't cutting it. Um, and I just think that because the pandemic hit and everybody was home and TikTok was basically the new guy on the block, people just wanted mm-hmm. to try something new. Mm-hmm. And then they just, I think, I, I think it was the perfect storm for them. Um, I think they would have gotten bigger regardless of whether in the pandemic hit or not and people were home, but I just think that because they were the new guy and everybody was home, what else are you going to do? You know, I yeah. even catch myself just reaching for my phone. I'm trying to stop. I, I, I put it really far away from me so that I can <laughs> realize I'm stretching just to yeah. get it. It's just yeah. the cue hey, that you're trying to stop. I, I forget what like that ghost reaction or something like that. Like when your mm-hmm. phone's not here, you're trying to like grab it, even though it's not there. Um, but that's, that's what people do, right? Uh-huh. They can't help but to reach for the phones. Everyone's talking about the new app and you're going to go there. And the reason, I think that it's so beneficial to be big on TikTok, not because of the content, um, but simply having a follower account gives you so much more credibility. Mm-hmm. Like I, mm-hmm. I have a pretty good community. It's it's not as as uh, crazy as some other ones that I've seen, but simply saying, oh, I have 112,000 followers, sometimes it's instant credibility. Whether yeah. you're mm-hmm. trying to create a new deal, you're talking to someone else, um, trying to build relationships, business partners, having that um just gives gives them a little bit of understanding of who you are and what you do and i think it it, it helps out in the long run business wise yeah yes. uh, that, that's great and i, I want to get back to the business but i also want to ask do you have any goals yourself with tiktok like you built your own brand on there do you see that developing into something something else like or is or for you right now is it just a matter of building a community on there yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm known as the website guy on TikTok. So basically, okay. I send people to some really interesting and like helpful websites that you would uh-huh. never know existed. Yeah. Um. So we're working on a couple of projects right now to take because because I've sent people to some websites and crashed the website. 
um mm. oh, wow. just because of the way i did the video so we think yeah. that we can do that you want to send some people to our website jose <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah i'm i'm more i'm more than happy to i'm fine um, if ours crashes <laughs> <laughs> um so we're working on a couple of projects right now that i think could leverage all that traffic that i'm able to mm. send um in order to launch a new company or to, to to bring awareness to something else um, I think that that would be cool. We're working on it right now. Um, I don't want to give too much information on it. Right. I was about um, to ask how much you can wellness. tell us, but okay. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 in the health and wellness space. Everything, uh, um, a, a lot of the, I mean, I love weightlifting. I love going to the gym. Um, so everything that I do is almost uh, wellness, health and wellness centered. Mm-hmm. Um, That's awesome. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I keep you guys updated on it. Yeah, awesome. please do. Yeah. So you work with your business works with influencers primarily on TikTok. I'm sure. I mean, we they already started have with these- company. Okay, what's up? We actually started with companies. The, the influencers okay. started with companies. Pretty okay. new, okay. yeah. Um, companies that had the budget, we would go to them, and they wanted to launch a new product. We do the research. What is it that you want? And we'd make yeah. it happen. And then we realized that. And then we transition into influencers. But the model started um, with with companies first. Gotcha. Okay. And is it like today at this point in time, like, is it mostly like all TikTok or are you still like, or a percentage of them companies as well that you're still, still working with? Oh, the companies aren't even on social media. These are just everyday companies um, that are doing between okay. like five or $15 million in revenue and they want to launch a new product. Um, uh-huh. We're the logistics partner to be able to do that. Logistics. Cool. Yeah. Okay, cool. great. And so like, what did it look like going about and getting funding what was the process for that you want to kind of share your experience with that kind of the things you learned along the way of getting funding yeah yeah absolutely um so i think that i'll start with this one of one of the best ways to get funded is to start a year ahead of time i always thought because i read the articles that you could hey i'm ready to start raising money and then, you know, and then every investor is going to raise his hand saying, pick me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just, that's just not how it works. Um, you have to start building the, the most important lesson that I learned is that you have to start building relationships a year, maybe a year and a half in advance prior to the ask. Mm-hmm. Um, with a lot of the investors that we talked to, I had been giving them monthly updates for a year, year and a half, um, showing them where the company is going, what we're doing, what the vision is. And by the time I needed money, it was never a game of, oh, how do I convince them? I had been convincing them throughout the, uh, throughout the year um, with all the updates and the progress. Um, so when I needed the money, it was a quick ask. They already trusted me um, and it became a lot easier. Now, that didn't happen with everybody. There were a lot of people who I just went to cold. Um, and it takes a lot to be able to, you know, re- regardless of how rich an investor is or not dumb, um, it takes a lot to be able to convince them to write you a check for a hundred thousand, 200,000. Mm-hmm. Um, so those weren't very successful. Um, the cold, the cold calling ones, but the ones that I had not on purpose, but just people who I'd built relationships with, and I wanted to keep in the loop. Um, those were the ones that actually, um, were the ones who invested, um, surprisingly, so I learned that along the way. Now, now I know that, and it's all about you know the people that you want on your team. It's gonna take a year for them to yeah. want to join you. Um, and now they'll help you regardless of whether they invest in you or not. Um, so you always get that benefit. But but I think that it's all about um, you know you have to convince them throughout the year. You have to win them over. Yeah. Um, and then once you really need them, once you once you know you're ready for the ask, then that's the easiest way. 
Right. I, okay. I think I wish I would have known that in the beginning because um, Drexel has an incredible alumni network and, you know, for, for, for like an, a, a friends and family or, or, or a simple angel round, that would have been incredibly beneficial. Um, but unfortunately, I didn't know that. I just. Doesn't happen that way. Mm-hmm. And then I going deeper into it. Once you do have the pitch, um, I've learned that only a couple of things matter is how long is it going to take you to become cash flow positive? Um, I think too many people are just looking to raise um, a round of funding to be able to survive until the next round of funding. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how a lot of companies go broke. So for and, and investors are starting to get a little bit smarter because before it was all about just you know, spiking the valuation. Um, and now they're looking, you know, how long is it going to take before this is sustainable? Gotcha. Right, because if it's not sustainable, is it really a business? And if it's not a business, then what am I investing in? Um, I think I think that's probably the number one question you should answer for yourself. Yeah, and that's I think good. ask asking for enough money. I think people ask for what they think they'll need, but I think you should double it, just because. Oh my god! Y- you know, yeah. if it's oh, I only need about ten grand. Well, you might need thirty or forty. And if investors like, oh, you only need ten grand. Like, is that really all you need? make a big ask because they might still have it, but you don't want to go, Hey, I need more money. I need more money. Like this happened. Then you just like, stop the bleeding. Absolutely. That's so true. And I think not asking for enough <laughs> will sort of let them know, you know, how much you don't know, because mm-hmm. you ha- you know, you'll know that as, and I'm sure you guys have, have re- re- realized this, how many, mis- there's nothing wrong with a business model. It's the amount of mistakes that you're going to make to get there. It's going to be mm-hmm. very expensive. I know I've made, um, oh my gosh, I've made so many mistakes. I'm dealing with one now. It's, it's going to cost us a hundred thousand dollars and it's literally just, it just poof gone. Um, we decided to work with this one company that promised us everything. This was, this, this was a little bit ago um, and they did not deliver. And it was like a year contract and it was uh, it's, it's not a good time. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes. Um, but it's mistakes like that that you have that, that you have to take into account um, to be able to to survive. Because you know, if you if you're if, if you're making big mistakes and you don't have enough money, uh, going back, hey, can 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 I get an extra you know hundred thousand? Doesn't look good. It doesn't mm-hmm. look good. Yeah. So what's what's your course of action uh, when you realize that that mistake that was a hundred thousand dollar mistake? How do you go about correcting that? Like, what what's your plan? Uh, what's your mindset? Because some people might just freeze. Like, oh my God, like I lost someone else's $100,000. Yeah. Like, what do I do? Absolutely. Um, so luckily the hundred grand is an all in one shot. It's over a period of time. Um, I, I think the first thing is that you, you need to work with, who, if you're working with another, another company in our case, communicate with them. Like what's going on here? Why is, why is the, why am I burning money? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to work out a plan that way. Um, externally, that's what needs to be done immediately. Um, internally, it's probably a tougher fight, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, because I've settled with it now internally, but in the beginning, I, I couldn't even sleep because um, 100,000 is a lot of money to just, you know, have, have it disappear. So at that at the particular time, um, the amount of frustration that I felt was terrible now, in hindsight, I can see how I could have dealt with it better. But what I did was I'm a big math guy. I did the math. 
Um, I there's my team's gonna get me a T-shirt that says "Does the math work?" Because that's the first <laughs> that's the first question I ask. I'm a big numbers guy. Yeah, it's the engineer um, coming yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, it is. If, if the math justifies it, then we move forward, right? Um, we will really we we focus on two questions. One is it is it the right thing to do, and does the math work? Mm-hmm. Um, usually, whenever we're starting a new endeavor, a new project, but in this particular case. Um, ending this relationship was the right thing to do and does the math work? So basically I went to the drawing board. Can the company eat this cost? Can it survive even after this? And it could. So once you know that the company isn't going to go down, it gives you a little bit of peace of mind Mm -hmm. um, because that's not emotional, right? Mm -hmm. It's purely the company is going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, Which great, which gives me a lot more because it's very depleting mentally you can't think about anything else and then everything else suffers so once you, you i need to create a peace of mind as quickly as possible mm-hmm. um so math for me does that um and mm-hmm. then afterwards just see how can we do some financial move some things around move some finances so that it so that the company doesn't feel um a hit or simply what i like to do now a hundred thousand dollar loss just means i need to close another b2b customer Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, or like a single location makes us fifteen thousand dollars a year. That just means I need to close eight of them. Uh-huh. Um, so now we go all hands on deck to close eight more. That way we make up for a mistake. Makes sense. I like that. Okay. Yeah. Does the math work? I like that. Does the math work? That's it. <laughs> yeah. So the math's a big part of it, but I'm sure, like as well, like as you've created these partnerships, whether it's with investors. Uh, whether it's through with vendors, anybody and internally as well, I'm sure you've learned the ability to like read people and understand like who's a good business partner, who's not a good business partner. What like through all that, like what are some of the things that you've learned in terms of like building those relationships or and what are some of the key like characteristics that you look for in people before you you dive into a, a long-term partnership with them? Yeah, absolutely. That's actually a really good question. Um, what I've learned is that you're going to have number one guys and you're going to have number two guys. Mm-hmm. Number one guys will never work for other number one guys. They'll okay. work with them, but not for them. I know. I noticed that I was bonding really well with people who were just as ambitious and aspiring as I was, and, and they wanted to start their own companies, and I always wanted to bring them on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, but it never worked out because if you're like me, you're not going to want to work for me. You're going to want to do your own thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number ones so don't became, work for number ones. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it became one. I had to shift my thinking around that, you know, we have to find uh, partnerships to work with them, not necessarily, you know, him under me or, or even, even within the same company to, to be honest, um, which, which was a little bit hard to accept because these guys were so high caliber, you know, it's mm-hmm. like you want them on your team. Holy moly. Yeah. Uh, then there's, number two guys which i think are probably even harder to find there's more number ones than there are number twos mm-hmm. and number two guys are operators they've you you i mean your division but they can execute like like not like no one's business which is the mm-hmm. steve jobs and and the wozniak story steve jobs is the number one guy but it was it's impossible without wozniak because yeah. he's the one who developed the technology um i was just watching a video where the number two guys need the number one guys less than than the number one guys need number two um, because they have the technical skill sets. Um, so I think 
that finding a really good partner that understands who has the same vision as you, right? They have mm-hmm. to have the same vision, but has um, the mind to be able to execute in terms of operations and infrastructure mm-hmm. um, is key. So I always try to look for certain things. I mean, how self-motivated are you? What projects, what do you do in your downtime? That tells me a lot. You know, what yeah. are your hobbies? Do you yeah. just sit around and watch Netflix, but you talk about, you know, doing really cool stuff? Maybe you're number one guy. Um, <laughs> or do you literally put everything aside and you start building something nonstop in your garage? Mm-hmm. Um, so little things like that throughout, throughout your life that I think that I'll, I'll probe around with pretty friendly. I won't I won't get too nosy with it. I will never mess with them. But I think that that's been a way to find really good partnerships. Um and I, I don't like to work with people. I mean, I hate it and I love it. My one partner, Derek, he always, he disagrees with me a lot, mm-hmm. but it's great. <laughs> yeah. But it's great. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm always agreeing with myself. So it's nice. <laughs> when, uh, <laughs> so it's Good. nice when someone is able to c- come in uh, and say, yeah, this is great, but this is more operationally better. Cause I don't always mm-hmm. think like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I mean, I go going about building relationships. It's I mean, I, I I'm I'm a pretty friendly guy. I'm pretty open. Um, I, I think with you, how we met him, I think um, maybe we just came up to each other and started talking, right? I think so. Yeah, it was a pretty yeah. natural, easy conversation. Yeah, I remember. Really, really. Yeah, because you were always guy. really. Yeah, yeah, because you were the cool guy. Well, you still yeah. are the cool guy. Uh, <laughs> So, so I, yeah, so I've, I've always been pretty friendly with people and just talking to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, unless we are actively recruiting, I'm not, I don't necessarily focus on forcing relationships. Um, I kind of just let it flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think that'll be, cause I've, I've seen and heard a lot where people don't think that strictly building a business on influencers might be as sustainable as like, you know, still doing the emails and kind of the old school. Uh, how, what do you think about that? The sustainability of, of influencer, like for future business being a bulk of business. Uh, what's your take on that? I know you're, you're heavy into it, um, but interested in your perspective. Cause I've heard a, a few things across the board on, on people's opinions on the sustainability of it. Sure. Yeah. And that's a great question. So one of the things, and I don't know if I clarified this perfectly, um, is that we are not growing. Nova Life is the logistics partner that's behind the scene, but mm-hmm. we're helping them launch their own brand. It's 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 their company, it's their brand, it's their products. So we're simply amplifying their efforts logistically. Um, they're doing it in terms of the marketing. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to the sustainability of it, I think it's here to stay. Um, at least for for a very long time. I think that whenever you have a new pl- influencer marketing if it is is a new platform of marketing. Um, and when you find something that is effective as it is as it is right now, because it's sick. On average, companies who simply pay for influencers to talk about their products get a mm-hmm. six to one ratio um, of money spent to 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 what they get in return. I mean, okay. it's even higher whenever an influencer uh, sells their own products. Um, Because you can only do so many uh, brand deals before it sort of numbs your audience down a little bit. Um, and 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 the way we interviewed a good amount of uh, influencers to see how they felt about it prior, prior to launching this. And they love brand deals. They think it's great, um, but it does wear on them a little bit. It's like, oh, is my audience just think that I'm doing this for the money? You know, no matter how many times I say, oh, I really love this company, you know, are they really seeing through that? But the one thing that we noticed is that 
they never had those emotions. The ones that did have their brand already, um, those never had those negative emotions with promoting their own products and their own brands because they trusted their own product so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, another company will tell you, oh, we do this and that. We do, it goes through eight sets of eyes. Um, it's completely regulated, but you'll never know, right? Unless it's your brand. Once it's your brand, you know what's really happening behind the scenes. And you feel so much more comfortable promoting your product. It actually ends up growing into a much bigger company um, simply because of your conviction when talking about it um, mm-hmm. to your consumers. So I think it's here to stay for the long run. Um, eventually, everything gets phased out. Right, everything gets phased out, but but um, we're we're making a really big bet, and which is why we cover all costs and stuff like mm-hmm. that, um, because we think it's worth it. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Okay, cool. and and I did. We do have a direct to consumer line that I know I have not talked about, um, which is basically our own line of functional products like plant based protein. We're coming out with a basics line, mm-hmm. um, selling more like bulk ingredients to companies. Um, that's more to keep to have a stable. Uh, stable cash flow um, for for some rainy days, but the mm-hmm. but the big vision is 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 on the influencers. Okay, yeah. gotcha, cool. And in your experience with working with these brands, what what would you say the successful the most successful brands have in common? Is there anything specific that they do differently that allows them to be sustainable and and be successful like post launch? Yeah, I think that a couple of factors stand out. Specifically, when it comes to how educated you are on the product, mm. I'm showing your knowledge behind it. So just to give you another example, of when they're recommending another product, they only know highlights, right? They use the product for a week and they try to pass on that information. That's you'll never you'll never understand what a, what it's what the what's really behind the product unless you build it yourself or you're a part of the process. Mm-hmm. I think the amount of knowledge that someone brings whether it's content videos or even a blog um will transfer to through to the audience um the ones that understand the business their business the most are the ones that can communicate it the best to their audience which which you guys know that's how it plays out right Mm -hmm. um the best the best salesmen understand the business inside and out Mm -hmm. um and they, they just don't know how to close a deal or the right things to say. So we've seen that to be um, one of the greatest the differentiators when it comes to how su- successful an, an influencer brand is, is your knowledge. And of course, your conviction, your energy and stuff like that, you know, definitely amplifies it. Um, but it, we think that it's how well you know your business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's great. And that's good. Yeah, because people want, they want to invest into an expert. They feel like, oh, I don't yeah. know this. I don't know that. It's like, well, I don't want to give you my money if you don't know all the things. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Um, so we still got some time. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. I think some, you, you, you had a hard stop at like 1030 or something. Like yeah. That. Yeah. And I'm trying okay. to find a charger. I still have some battery life, but I just moved and I think I misplaced a computer charger. Oh, so shit. I'm trying okay. to. Yeah, that's that's on me. I apologize. Um. But I, we still got some got some life left. Um, How am I doing? Am I do you want me to keep the answer shorter or? Uh, we'll just you're keep rolling. Perfect. Yeah, you're doing perfect we'll so keep far. rolling. If I you're gotta perfect. if I gotta say interject, I'll I will. But um, no worries. How uh, how do you think being an entrepreneur has helped you in other areas of life? How has it made you better in other areas outside of business? Yeah, I. I'm a big um, audiobooks kind of guy, so I, I love listening to content more than anything. 
Um, I don't even watch videos that much. It's basically all audiobooks or podcasts. Um, and because I have so many problems that I need to fix on a daily basis, I've learned about things that I have never learned of, you know, in a regular job setting. I would be very good at something very niche, but the broad knowledge that I've acquired um, trying to build the company has, is I'm very thankful for because mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't have known that I did not know all of these things. Um, but that's, I think that's been one of the best things about being an entrepreneur, at least because I love learning. I can't go a single day without learning, whether it's, you know, just some trivia or, or some complex, you know, concept about business um, or psychology. I'm really big into psychology and the way okay. the human mind works. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, so that's, that's been a huge benefit um, of just, just, just for my own personal um, entertainment. I mean, it's, 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 it's been cool. But what was the other part of your question? Uh, oh, just h- how on how it's made you oh, yeah. better in other parts of your life. But yeah. I want to like kind of tie in with that as well. Like you have a team, you you build a team as well, and I'm I'm sure you've learned a lot about yourself, like the way you lead people. Has there anything that you've yeah. learned about yourself as a leader too? Like kind of what a great question. Yeah, yeah. I was just I was just thinking back. I was just reflecting on this the other week, and I was making a big mistake for the majority of it. Um, in terms of leadership, I was a gr- I was acting like a great friend and a great partner, mm. um, partners and business partners, and then friend to employees and other people that we worked with. But it was not being a good leader. Um, I didn't realize that I did not did not have enough information on how to be a good leader. You know, as as a great partner, I cut a lot of people slack on the executive team. Be like, oh, don't worry about it. It's cool. You know, it's mm-hmm. Joe. We'll handle it, and that's great. Um, and then the people that we work with, I was a great friend, but once again, cutting them some slack. And I, for the longest time, I thought that the more relaxed you are with someone, that the more they'll appreciate it, but it's actually the opposite. Um, you need to be able to hold radical candor, right? You need to be able to hold people accountable in a way that's going to benefit themselves in the long run. It's more so you're doing it for them than you're doing it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the one component that I was missing um, was the leadership skills to be able to lead someone because there's leaders and then there's those who lead. Um, like Steve Ballmer, I think is a great example. Steve Ballmer, leads because they have the most amount of sales back in the day um, with Microsoft. They used you know, they had, they sold the most amount of computers. Um, but uh, Apple was the leader in their space, despite them not having, I mean, you know, as many sales and as many employees. Um, so I, that's, that's a huge component that I was missing that took some time to develop once I realized it wasn't there. Um, so, so that's been huge because that's been able to help me, you know, even with just regular friendships, even within my own family, you know, I'm the problem solver in my family. They, yeah. they yeah. need something done, they come to me. Yeah, that's um, great. Yeah, which is great. So really, you know, being being around so many people and in charge of them, I think it's it's really, that's the one component that I never know. I don't know if I would have realized that was missing had it not been an entrepreneurship, which is great. So it's helped me out a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I apologize to both of you guys. I do want to get our last question in just so we have it and then we can keep rolling. Yep, yep. Uh, but my computer might take a shit here. Um, no 187 episodes and I pulled a rookie mistake here. <laughs> um, but we always like to ask our, our uh, guests, you know, how, how do you want to be remembered when, when your time here is done? How do you want people to remember you? Boy, that's a tough question. I was looking, I was thinking about that one. Um, 
I that's such a tough answer, such a tough question to answer. Um, but right now, my current answer right now would be is that I I I get a lot of fulfillment and enjoyment from bettering people's lives, whether that is financially or personally, um, you know, health wise, you know, we built the, we're helping influencers build companies because we know that they're going to benefit from it. Right. Mm -hmm. We know that it's going to change their lives, making so much more money, having a brand is going to help them one live better lives. Um, but also they're going to be able to help others. They're, they're, they're going to pay it forward. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that I want to be remembered for someone to help improve people's lives, um, in all aspects. Right, with its peace of mind, um, just living healthier lives through better products. I think that's probably the number one goal. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Value, that. value first. I love it. Love that. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's good. And I wanted to also give you the opportunity, if you want, to discuss some of the exciting things you're working on with the podcast with with your company. Do you want to get into that uh, or explain like what the goal behind that is and uh, kind of what you're trying to achieve with the podcast? Yeah. Um, so we're starting um, to add to that. We're starting a new segment on TikTok soon, um, which is once again, health and wellness related, but we're going to start giving away um, free nutritional programs, free workouts tailored to a specific person so that others can learn how to, who can't afford a personal coach, how to create their own programs as well. And we think that, you know, People just don't have enough information to be able to get the basics down. You need a coach or maybe some more advanced things. Um, but we're going to start uh, interviewing people and asking them, what are your health goals? And then developing a workout and nutritional program um, completely for free with, with, you know, free supplements and stuff like that um, to be able to, one, help that particular person out, um, but also educate others um, along with their goals and whatever it is that 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 they're doing uh, once again always value first try and try yeah. to help educate people um and then for the podcast we do want to also start a new segment where we interview business owners um and talk about what is their vision for the company how they're going to execute it i think that i see a lot of uh shows where they'll talk about how did you get here um, and that's for a certain type of audience we want to go for um, asking questions like, okay, so you're here now. How are you going to grow? So basically, ba based on scaling, how are you going to scale? Yeah, um, it's what we want to focus on. Because I mean, I'm not a pro at scaling either, so it's a little bit selfish too that I would get to learn. Um, <laughs> you know what and I mean? You did the work of getting them on and interviewing them. It's it's a learning opportunity for you too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so that's that's what we have in the works right now. Okay, cool. and are these people who are in the health and fitness space primarily, or will you uh, interview like multiple industries or just focus on? Yeah. So we're going to be expanding. We're going to be expanding a little bit. We don't want to just keep this particular segment to health and wellness. Um, okay. We do want to touch other industries, um, whether it's Good. tech, logistics, infrastructure, health and wellness, of course. Um, but we're not going to be picky, just industry agnostic. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. That's cool. It's uh, it's amazing. The kind of access you get to certain people, when it's like, oh, hey, you want to be on my podcast rather than, hey, can I pick your brain for five minutes? Like, yeah, no one will let you pick their brain for five, 10 minutes just because, oh, I made the ask. But, hey, can you do a podcast for an hour? Then you get their brain for an hour. And it's, yeah. it's fascinating who we've gotten to, to talk to. Um, but, yeah, if you ever need help with getting that rolling, uh, equipment, anything, let us know, man. We're happy to help any way we can. Introductions. We've yeah. talked to a lot of business owners that do weird stuff. Yeah. 
I'm sure. No, thank you. I appreciate it. And we kind of, yeah. I wish I would have had, had a chance to learn more about what you do, actually, because you said that, you know, you've done everything. Some. Um, yeah. So I do a lot of nutrition coaching and exercise rehab. So I do a lot of kind of physical therapy type stuff. Um, I have a pretty decent personal training side of the business as well. So everything from, I've been CrossFit, USA weightlifting, neuromuscular, done all that education. Um, so I kind of wow. tie everything from rehab. So if someone's in pain, low back and hip, I get them out of pain. We use corrective exercise, uh, proper trunk. I do a lot of breath work, trunk stability and strength. And then after they're out of pain, then I start to load them with weights. So there's not a person I haven't worked with that they're not deadlifting or squatting or doing things. And then I get in, into Olympic lifts. I think there's a lot of good things from a power clean or a snatch, something like that, um, to where you create a lot of force and power quickly, but your whole yeah. body is, is doing work, but you're in control of every part of your movement. So very cool. I should come to you. I'm having some, some lower back issues right now. Some, some hip misalignment actually is what it is. Hey man, um, we can get another zoom. We can do rehab remote. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's really good at what he does. He's yeah. Really so good. Sure he sounds I, like it. Yeah. I go to the range with Tim. So <laughs> he helps me oh. learn how to do a golf swing and I help him with some breath work and yes. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You know, I just went top golfing the other day for the first time. I've never golfed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so hard. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm terrible. It, really is. it is. I was swinging at the air constantly <laughs> just I don't know how you guys see because I've seen stories of Tim just launching it yeah. into space. <laughs> just um, 300 yards, there it is. 315, <laughs> there it is. Unreal. Years, years and years what of a, uh, practice. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's amazing. I was humbled. I don't, you know, I when it comes to a new sport, like I stick to the basics, but whenever I try something new, at least for me, golf is something very new. Man, it is so humbling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I'm just but, so bad at it. It's in, yeah. But good networking opportunity at Top Golf, I'm sure. Oh good well, yeah, good, yeah, good yeah, networking. yeah. My favorite is when uh, <clears throat> I've done it before too. My favorite's when you hit a ball just like on the edge, and it bounces up and down on the ceiling and then the floor, and then it goes <laughs> into the next bay. <laughs> it happened. That didn't not to me, but to a friend of mine that I yeah. was with. I don't even know how that works out. That's one of my favorite things to happen, and I've done it. I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> it's embarrassing, but it looks funny. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Yeah, so I got to keep up with that a little bit. Um, yeah. How much, how much battery life do you have? I don't want to. Uh, we probably got like a few minutes. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Sorry again, you guys. I always have one in my bag, one at home for my home office, and I went to grab it in my bag and it's not there. Yeah. So it's rookie no, mistake. Okay. Did you guys get enough content for for your show oh yeah that... i mean we're gonna be about okay. about an hour so yeah hours good and we, we've done we've done re- like with some of our guests we'll bring them on for like round two just to, just to bring them on for, for stuff they didn't cover before mm. and um i'm sure there's gonna be an opportunity like that for you if you'd be open to come on in the future kind of once you've pr- yeah. progressed more and more with the business and the podcast and any new updates um we're, we always love having people on for a second time so yeah when yeah, you yeah, launch in uh what's your plan to launch the show date wise um, to launch the show um, right now, by the end of summer is the timeline right now. Cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah so so maybe uh, uh, end of summer, fall time, maybe we do a round two. That way you're a few episodes into sure, the show and see how the business is scaling. And yeah, oh, we have a, we have a cool uh, meeting tomorrow with a new influencer that we just brought on. Okay. Um, and two, uh, 2 million followers plus. Um, and that's just nuts. So maybe, maybe we can touch up on that. Yeah, that'd be um, cool. Later on, whatever you guys want, though. No rush, no rush. Um, 
yeah so we're, we're always down to down to record uh so we're good anytime but yeah maybe end of Very summer cool. once you get the podcast rolling and yeah yeah we'll get no into problem. all that so cool man awesome. uh tim anything else for uh jose i think we I'm did good. cover a lot yeah, we, 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 we've covered a lot of good stuff. Again, we appreciate you coming on, especially uh, I'm, I'm glad that you reached out to me last week and we were kind of able to, to talk through the, the podcast you're working on. And I appreciate you coming on short notice too on our po- podcast. And yeah, I think a lot of people are going to get value from this, mm-hmm. um, especially like people who are trying to launch a brand themselves or um, trying, to, trying to build a business or try to try to be like a healthier person overall. Um, yeah. yeah. And so we'll, what we'll do, we'll, we'll send you these show notes so you can read them over and listen to the episode. And, um, yeah, we want to get this out as soon as possible. No rush on your end. I'm sure you're busy, but as soon as you give us the approval, we will, uh, uh, we'll launch it and you should have everything from me with, within the week of, of the, uh, the show notes and everything. No, so no problem. No problem. Thank you guys so much. I really Thank appreciate you. Jose. We appreciate it. <laughs>